Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast for Brain Fact Friday and episode number 164. That ties back into our interview released this week, episode number 163, with Dr. Dan Hill on facial coding, how to read the emotions in others. Since there was so much he explained in that interview that I think is important for us all to think about and dig deeper with, whether we're using these ideas in our schools, sports environments, or workplaces. For those who are new here, I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator from Toronto, Canada, now in Arizona, and like many of you listening, have been fascinated with learning and understanding the science behind high-performance strategies in our schools, our sports, and workplace environments with ideas that we can all use, understand, and implement immediately. My vision for this podcast is to bring the experts to you share their books, resources, and ideas to help you to implement their proven strategies. And a day doesn't go by that I don't hear from someone who has found this information to be important and useful in their life. Thank you for the feedback. We can all use motivation at times. If you take a quick look through our episodes that began in June of 2019, you'll notice this podcast draws many high-level guests who have spearheaded the understanding of how our brain works, tied to social and emotional learning in our schools or sports environments, or emotional intelligence as it's called in our workplaces, to help us to all improve our results. This has always been the goal of the podcast that was originally going to be a course for an educational publisher until a turn of events caused me to decide to release my best work with the hopes it would help those who are looking to implement the most current brain research into their work. This is just the beginning of the vision I have, but I can clearly see this is a topic that holds an international interest. So I'll continue to create content to help us all understand and implement this research in the new field of educational neuroscience. Which leads us to this week's Brain Fact Friday. After editing and re-listening to Dr. Dan Hill from episode 163, I had two major takeaways. The first takeaway I had was that Dr. Hill pioneered a successful career using facial coding when he had to pivot his career focus in his early years. Many of us listening would recognize and understand this pivot as we've done it in our own careers ourselves. Back in my early days as a teacher, I was trained by the Raptors coach as a level one technical coach, and the pivot is something you never forget. If you remember it on the basketball court, it's a hard, sharp turn where you stop and shift directions quickly and suddenly, turning your back to your original direction. This is exactly what Dr. Hill had to do with his career and reminded me of mine. I had to learn how the brain works in 2014 when an educator sat me down and gave me the most valuable feedback I've ever received. And I know that the pandemic caused many of my friends and colleagues also to make some sort of shift with their work. Have you had to make a pivot? 
Last week, I heard from someone I'm working on bringing on the podcast who works in the field of professional sports with a well-known sports team that I hear about daily because it's my husband's favorite team. And this person also made a noticeable pivot in their career towards leadership when he recognized that lifelong learning was his ticket for future success, bringing him to this podcast to see what else he could learn. We connected on LinkedIn, and then when we spoke on the phone, immediately connected. I was honored that he was listening, and he was honored that I had asked him if he would be a guest on the show to share how he made his pivot towards lifelong learning and the impact that this had on his life. Stay tuned as I'm hoping we can make this interview happen quickly. Dr. Dan Hill's episode also taught me a lot about how we can use an understanding of facial coding or reading the emotions in others in our life that originated from the work of Dr. Paul Ekman, an American psychologist and professor emeritus at the University of California, who was ranked 59th out of 100 most cited psychologists of the 20th century, whose work was behind the popular TV series, Lie to Me. If you've not listened to episode 163, go back and listen to it before you go on with this one. For this week's Brain Fact Friday, I want to share the tips that Dr. Hill noted were helpful when reading the emotions of someone he's looking to recruit for a sports team or to think about how this could be used in the classroom to identify a student who might be lost or what emotions would make someone a valuable team player in the workplace. If we can learn to recognize the emotions in others, the result will be that we can also recognize emotions in ourselves which was the idea behind the work of the founder of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, Mark Brackett, and his book, Permission to Feel, who was one of our early interviews. For this week's Brain Fact Friday, did you know that it's possible to increase your emotional awareness to help you to be more successful in life, happier in your marriage, be an expert at handling your kids, a better manager at work, a more effective coach in sports, a better hiring manager, close more sales, or negotiate a better deal for yourself just by understanding how to read someone else's facial expressions. You can learn more from Dr. Hill on this topic through his books and website, but for this week's Brain Fact Friday, I'll summarize what Dr. Hill looks for, whether he's picking a player for a pro sports team or looking for a student who's lost in the classroom or someone feeling isolated and alone in the corporate environment. Here's some tips for using facial coding in sports, the classroom, and our modern workplace. When Dr. Hill was asked to help the Milwaukee Bucks to recruit players that would be a good fit for their team, he mentioned there were some key emotions he was looking for. The first one was happiness. This emotion was easy to spot with the Duchenne smile, which is an expression that signals true enjoyment. This type of smile is contagious and lights up a room. You can't miss that twinkle in someone's eye. Dr. Hill looks for this sign when recruiting players because it correlates to someone who's coachable, solutions-oriented, embraces others, is embraced by them, could connect to others, and build a sense of community. But with this emotion, be aware of a fake smile that lingers too long or comes and goes too quickly or an asymmetrical smile that some people would say would show insincerity, but it could also signify this person has complicated thoughts going on. Emotion two is anger. Dr. Hill looks for someone to have a degree of anger. 
not crazy out of control anger, but enough that suggests they are driven and could be in control of their destiny, making progress towards their goals. Michael Jordan shows anger, which Dr. Hill says shows his focus and determination. With this emotion, be aware of those who are unable to calm themselves down when their blood starts to boil. Anger can be a good thing, especially when it's expressed, but be careful not to hold anger inward as it can impact our health. Learn stress-relieving strategies like deep breathing and meditation to calm the amygdala and bring balance back to the prefrontal cortex or our decision-making part of our brain. The third emotion he looks for is contempt. Dr. Hill says there's a fine line with this emotion that can often point towards confidence or swagger, but it can also suggest that you think you're above others, which wouldn't make you the best teammate or someone who would take the advice of a coach. This emotion is, according to John Gottman, the number one predictor why a marriage will fail. That smirk means I don't respect or trust you. In a sports environment, you can see it in Jay Cutler's image that I put in the show notes that shows his confidence in the first picture, but added to dislike, you can also see it shows that mediocrity is beneath him. The fourth emotion he looks for is disgust. This emotion correlates well with someone who has a drive to succeed, like in Jay Cutler's example above, that mediocrity is below them or disgust them, and they want to get to the next level. But with this emotion, be aware of the fact that a player like this might not make the best teammate, but they do make excellent CEOs with that drive for success. The next emotion he looks for is sadness. And this one worries Dr. Hill. He sees an inverse correlation with sadness in sports because it slows you down mentally and physically. This emotion, he says, is a liability. Beware of the fact that this emotion is a sign that you've lost connection. And whether on a sports team, in a classroom or workplace, needs intervention. The next emotion is a mixed one. It's confusion mixed with fear. Dr. Hill warns this emotion mix is a cause for concern in the classroom as this student is lost and would need immediate intervention. The final emotion he looks for is the inability to feel empathy. When working on murder trials, this emotion was something he noticed. For someone who can read faces, you can usually pick up micro-expressions but they were notably missing with a murderer. Be aware of this lack of empathy. He noted that these types of people had inappropriate smiles and the wrong emotion for the situation, so laughing at the wrong time. You'll just feel something is not quite right, and you won't want to be in this person's presence. Dr. Hill reminds us that using facial coding or even theory of mind to read the emotions in someone else might be able to point us towards what someone is feeling, but we can't know why they are feeling this way without asking them. When you notice a blend of emotions like confusion mixed with fear in your students or pride that can show a mix of emotions like happiness that I succeeded with anger when you have to look at how much work it took you to get there. You can get in the ballpark of the emotions someone's feeling, but a conversation goes a long way to going deeper into learning more and uncovering what might be going on with that person. To close out this week's Brain Fact Friday, I think it's important to note that we aren't always looking for the positive emotions when looking to move towards our goals and make progress. 
Recognizing the negative feelings of being lost or unsure of your direction can cause for significant change like Dr. Hill noted when his friend turned him towards the direction of facial coding or the pro sports connection I spoke about who turned towards leadership or when I had to quickly add an understanding of the brain to my work and turned me towards neuroscience. This leads us to feeling fear that Dr. Hill mentioned could be a strong motivator as long as it doesn't lead us to freeze up in the process. Whatever it is we're working on, keep going, blast through those fears. When you start looking at the emotions of others, it will give you more insight as you learn that actions or facial coding speaks louder than words. And this practice will get you closer to what someone is thinking and feeling, but nothing beats a face-to-face conversation to know with 100% certainty. Have an incredible weekend. See you next week. enjoying the neuroscience meets social and emotional learning podcast please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes while you're there please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us for more information on our programs books and tools for schools and the workplace visit us at www.achieveit360.com 